Welcome back to Pneumatic Materials. This week's episode is about divine laziness. It's a lesson that Derek and I took to heart over the past few weeks as we did not put out an episode. <laughs> um, but this, uh, this conversation was spurred on by my recent reading uh, of the, some of the work of the philosopher Byung Chul Han, specifically his essay, The Disappearance of Ritual. Uh, but we get into some other stuff, work-life balance. Um, yeah, that, that's pretty much it. Um, I'll just get into it. All right, everybody. After some uh, technical difficulties and just like uh, <laughs> deleting like uh, five minutes of recording because of a, a stupid mistake. The best five minutes we've ever had. Yeah. We'll never have them again. Yeah, it was really, uh, you know, no sense talking about uh, what we lost, but wish you all had been there. Um, no love lost. Yeah, maybe you would have achieved gnosis um, or non-dual awareness. Um, but, uh, that's in the past now. <laughs> so welcome back to, uh, Pneumatic Materials. This is episode six, I'm pretty sure. And, uh, we were just talking about this quote from this book I'm reading called The Disappearance of Rituals by Byung-Chul Han. I recommend it. We're going to treat it in greater detail on the podcast in some form of an or another. But I've been thinking a lot about this quote that I'm, you know, I'm not, uh, Derek and I both are not really uh, living by, uh, by this quote right now, as we are stacking the bread and grinding. But the quote is this, when we subordinate rest to work, we ignore the divine. Um, on the seventh day, what did God do, Derek? Rested. Mm. And some would maybe say that that was the most, um, important, uh, part of his work. Yeah. To take a breather. Yeah. Young Chul Han, the, uh, this author, philosopher, um, he, he gets into exactly, um, you know, what he means by this. Um, but I would say the gist is that true rest, uh, true space for contemplation is divine. To constantly be concerned about self-optimization, about the grind, takes you away from the fullness of life. I think there's probably something in there about the linear time and linear progress versus a more cyclical approach um, to, to, to thinking of things. Mm. But the only rest that is really encouraged nowadays is recreation Literally understanding it as recreation in this context is important because you get the weekend to build yourself 
again <laughs> to, you know, you've been Recover. broken yeah. by <laughs> working whatever shitty job, um, unless you're, you don't, in which case pay us more on Patreon. Um, Please. but <laughs> if you are like, um, uh, Derek and myself and are, are working, uh, a shitty job or shitty jobs, plural, as the case may be. Yeah. The weekend is to, to just recover and get back to a state where you can, you know, stomach going into work. Um, but for the really sick freaks out there, the weekend not having the grind is almost like kind of terrifying. I think if if anyone finds himself in a state where they are drawn to overworking, like they're they have satisfied the quota for the day, but they are continuing to dig in. Maybe they're telling themselves it's a prep for tomorrow. Maybe they just want to go above and beyond. Maybe they're just nervous. I often find a lot of people are nervous about things they can't control. And I think that boils down to trust issues. And most trust issues have to do with the fact that you can't trust yourself. And that gets projected on other people. And a lot of this kind of thing, I mean, for me as an adult, I have pushed myself into learning how to just trust strangers and things. You know, to, you have to be willing to let things fail that are out of your hands, knowing that they could. And I think those that are attracted to excessive overworking, it's, I think that can be a filler, just like binge drinking, um, too much sex, you know, uh, literally anything that you can blow out of moderation. And I think in the system that we all live in, that is the socially acceptable addiction or, or, or you know, drive is to work too much, to hustle too hard. If you're done working, what's your side hustle? I hear side hustle all the goddamn time. I know people who have gone on job interviews and they straight up are like, what is your side hustle? Because we're sure as shit not going to pay you enough. Right. <laughs> They, they want to know you have the attitude. Mm -hmm. You can continue because I think the idea is like, we're also going to just, we know you can push it. We're going to take that from you too. Mm -hmm. For the record, my job, I just want to say, in case anyone in the future really saying my job is not shitty. I just, uh, mine are a lot, a, a <laughs> lot is, a lot is required of me and it's very high demand. And, um, as an adult now at this point in my life, I said, this is the fifth time I've said an adult. I think we've established that, but, I, since the pandemic is winding down and the kind of work I do is ramping back up, I'm trying to engage in a more, with what I just said in mind, essentially, knowing how easy it is to, to do these things and establishing boundaries. Um, because it does, if, it, if taking, if overworking is taking me away from the divine, I think I see that in the kind of person I become when I don't sleep enough. I'm a very good, I'm very good at getting things done when I'm exhausted. I'm very good at making decisions that if I had more sleep, I might, I might, I might pause and I might think about more, you know, I, I'm like, we just got to get it done. And there's something that's kind of, I, you know, I hate to say it. That's kind of liberating about being under the gun and just having to get things done. I mean, cause I love to just sit around and think all day absolutely nothing in my life and just, just consider and, and work through ideas. So getting back to what you were saying about time, it also feels that I'm in a different time zone or a different flow of time. You know, we can be on the internet and we can go deep into our, uh, internet, um, terminal online states and 
time feels like it flows differently there than when I'm out in the real world. I mean, I'm, I'm literally traveling all over the city all day and having to constantly switch gears. It's not just one kind of work. It spans many other people's fields. So I have to be abreast of everything. So yeah, I mean, I'll finish my job and I'll say, you know what, I need to add that new piece of software I picked up that these guys are using, I need, to, I need to put in three hours so I can be on top of them tomorrow. So eventually, we, you know, like, and it's, it's um, yeah. So I think a lot of this, there's, a, there's, an, there's an intersection here with mental health, with how we're shaped. And I think the system we all live in really just rewards overwork as a virtue. And yeah, like I was, like I was saying earlier, the kind of person I am when I don't sleep, I don't think I'm more of an asshole. I think a lot of people are. I don't find myself more irritable, but I find my, my ability to think playfully kind of slips away and I just become more of a productive like laborer, I suppose, or, or a decision maker or something like that. And yeah, I, I don't know if we said on this one or we might've lost another recording, but I just got through a few weeks of pretty intense work that compared to what I was doing before the pandemic is only like half as much work. I mean, I, it's really not as, as bad, but they're very long days. And the, with working people across time zones, the mornings are also very early. So this weekend after, you know, we went to, we traveled to Massachusetts, did a whole thing there. I did not sleep there, you know, but that was, that was fun not sleeping. Okay. I, I passed out very early uh, when I got back and I slept for about 13 hours after eating a ton of food and it took about a day. I didn't, I felt weird the next day, but the following today, I feel incredible. I just feel like I have more access to my facilities and to things that I don't even think I'm missing when I'm not sleeping. So if the divine is about being more whole, being more in touch with everything that you are, I mean, because that's kind of what I'm getting from that, that quote, then, then what, what is this system that we're living in? You know, no. I mean, uh, shit. It's funny when you, when you first mentioned that, I was also thinking about brain entrainment, people who try to learn in their sleep. And I was like, oh, is that like a tool of the devil? You know? Oh God. So you're working, you're productive. Uh -huh. Even. Oof. Mm -hmm. That's a big field. It's huge. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's growing into the civilian sector, but the, but the, the military has been working with it since the, since the fifties, as far as I know, and maybe a little earlier than that. So what the hell is that? Yeah, the space of work is mundane. I mean, it's mundane in the sense that it pertains to the world, um, to your individual egoic concerns that are temporary, not, okay, eternal is a very big word, but Laziness, rest, is the wellspring of art, philosophy, all of the good things in culture come from a space of contemplation and rest that is available to very few, if not no one. 
what you're what you're talking about creates the, the conceptual frameworks that move civilization ahead. It's it's not just the good things in culture. It's like these are the these are the things that come from having the time to do that without feeling the stress of needing to be productive. I mean, if anything, I've learned it took me a long time, but I've learned how to turn off from that feeling of always being needed, of knowing that things are happening without me. They just have to because I just can't be there all the time. And it, and it actually, it's, it's you know, maybe it was just more of a trial by fire thing or I just learned it because I, I, I had to as a coping mechanism, but I've learned how to just fully shut it off at night and inhabit my own space for me. And, I, and you know, I, I've seen these pop culture terms, like what do they call it? Like revenge bedtime, bullshit like that, where you're like, you go oh, home, you're big like, revenge. Yeah, I'm gonna watch some fucking TV right now. I'm gonna like, stay I, up late. This is my time. I do it all the time. Mm-hmm. I do it all the time. And um, I try to do it with things that I know I'll fall asleep doing. <laughs> like if it's reading or if it's watching something. But I mean, I I, I pass out on my couch all the time. It's uh, yeah. But it's 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 a feeling. It's a thing. And, and I'm not sure how that fits into this quote, but no, I I wonder if. In previous eras, shared ritual provides the, it's not an entrainment, but it directs people to put aside their worldly concerns. I think it is a form of brain entrainment, actually. Mm-hmm. There have been a lot of studies behind synchronized ritual, rituals like that. I mean, even just the beats, you know, the BPM of a brain, um, of multiple brains during a typical church sermon, what they kind of sync up to, what you sync up to during a, the dances that the that the, 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 the Sufis do. That you know, mm-hmm. all, I I do think there is an, an element of entrainment to it that, um, oh, it's kind of perverse. But now that I'm thinking of it further, like what is the entrainment I experience in my job? Mm. What are we all syncing up to? Go go go! Numbers on the board. Yeah, I mean, and I'm usually the person who I I cool the jets, you know. I'm like, hey, everything's okay. Like, let's slow down and not. And then behind the scenes, I'm just like calculating, and I'm already making these decisions. But um, yeah, like, what is society sinking up to in that form of entrainment? What is what are we? If it's if the productive mode is just being constantly busy with work, if you're not working, it's about thinking about how you work thinking about how to reframe what you do. Certainly keeping you from thinking about other things. Yeah. It's like, Hey, you make art, uh, you make memes. And it's like, well, I do, I enjoy doing this because I just enjoy it. Therefore it's this genuine expression that I'm doing. But what if you monetized it and you could keep doing more of the same? That will, that will change how you sync up with that kind of thing. It'll permanently change your output. And, uh, I should interject here that, um, You've only got like a couple weeks to sign up for my meme page um, before it goes behind the paywall. So Ooh. just keep that in mind. Yeah. You'll be paying paywall. maybe, I think a dollar per, per post view paywall. Is, uh, is, is a fair price. So, uh, no, <laughs> the, the, the ritual space of, Contemplation is certainly something that's not encouraged. Um, you get your your self care seamless to uh, make you know restore you to the point where you're able to get through another day uh, or another week uh, of work. But uh, the ritual space of uh, I don't know 
it can be a lot of different things at different points in time. I kind of think what's weird about what we're discussing is that I always imagine some points of these things can be moved forward even to people who like are super liberal and don't give a fuck what we're talking about. And I can imagine that <laughs> the ritualized space you're talking about makes itself into the boardroom. I mean, it already has to an extent, but like, exactly, yeah. But literally acknowledging the divine need of rest and then weaving it into the workplace. Definitely. As something that reinforces. I get targeted the, IG ads for meditation apps that are, you know, right. Or do you find yourself scrolling and you can't stop and you just can't stop? Download this other app. And, and pay another subscription to, but even then it's, you know, to you self optimize. No, no, I got the, uh, while, like a few years ago, I got the, who's the guy with the breathing? Wim Hof. Yeah. I got that guy. <laughs> yeah. Very funny. I was like on my lion's breath game. I was like trying to get into it. You know, I was like really lifting and working out and he, I just was always laughing when he would like tell you to rest. He's just something about his, his, his demeanor was just very funny and I could not, I couldn't do it. Just kept laughing instead of holding my fucking breath. Uh, I don't know. Funny guy. Speaking of Joe Rogan, you know, he's like a big, he's like on the, yeah, he's a big guy. Yeah. I mean, one of the larger aims of this project is, is trying to come up with ways to think about what, um, what a potential new space um, for some kind of shared uh, ritual moment could be in the metaverse. Yeah, no, no. it's going to be in the metaverse. No, and I think ritual is a very, it might have some baggage in some circles, um, but. But I feel like those are people clinging on to occult definitions of ritual, mm. you know, mm. not without understanding that it can just be very simple, mundane part of your life. That Making just, your coffee, cracking open a cold one with the boys, oh, ritual. Yeah, that's a good ritual. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. What are some of your favorite rituals, fans, <laughs> listeners? Yes. Drop them uh, in the Discord. Right in. Right in the Discord. Yeah, what's, what, are, what are some of your rituals? Running is a big one for me. I mean, that's, that's probably like the biggest ritual where I like take time for myself um, because I'm – I feel like, you know, I meditation is like the, the big one, um, but I'm not able to or I haven't practiced enough to just sit still. Um, but running kind of allows me to turn off my brain um, and stop that, you know, loop of the grind, essentially. I have to push myself to a point of like physical exhaustion to where I can no longer think about um, other things. And that, I mean, it is like the ground. What is it? Um, oh, one of those old Greek assholes, not Aristophanes. Um, Greek mathematician, Eureka, you know, he's in the, he's sitting in the tub um, and he, Archimedes, yes. Archimedes sitting in the tub realizes, you know, his body uh, displaces a certain amount of water, comes up with this great theory, chilling in the tub. And he exclaims, Eureka, I have found it. Um, uh, on the run, I mean, in the shower, you know, r slash um, shower thoughts. Where do you think that comes from, listener? 
um, open up your mind. Um, no, but that uh, running for me is definitely a space where, yeah, I can turn off my mind to the extent that other stuff, maybe, you know, things that are kind of dormant or disparate thoughts that kind of find the connection, um, things click when you're able to turn off your mind or at least the part of, you know, the grind set when you can, uh, when you can turn off the grind set, however, temporarily, I mean, it, it certainly comes back, but yeah, that's a big one for me. Have you ever tried meditating after a run when you're kind of exhausted? Now I have not, but, uh, I, I did yoga for a while and you kind of have that, um, you have that little bit of meditation right at the end and, yeah, that's it. I mean, it's, it's, you prime yourself, um, by, you know, pushing whatever, pushing your body to the point of physical exhaustion. But yeah, if you, if you want to really, uh, trip out, yeah. Yeah. Go for the, go for the meditation. I mean, going for a walk too. It sounds so lame, but yeah. Um, th that's a great ritual. Um, I like making coffee. I, um, I, have, I admit I've fallen prey to a lot of the, the coffee, uh, you know, I uh, fucking bought too much equipment. Um, it's a little, uh, at least you didn't do bulletproof. It's a little so, oh, at least you didn't. Yeah, do no, I kind of went, yeah, there are two pads. You can go bulletproof coffee or you can, you know, buy fancy beans and, uh, a scale with a timer built in um and they they're both dumb you sing um, a italian lullaby to the beans as you ah yes right? yeah. yeah but uh, no drug rituals are very important yes. making coffee is is one of the you know mm -hmm. most important vital drug rituals um to america and probably the world um but yeah that that kind of i don't know if I wanted to be, you know, kind of out there and woo, you could say that like, oh, you know, washing the dishes can be a ritual, folding laundry. Um, I don't know. I think generally an activity that allows you to, you know, it's it's just enough activity. I mean, you, you do it repetitively. Yeah. You, you fold the clothes so many times yeah. that you can just I think repetition be elsewhere is a while big part of it. Yeah. 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 Um, one of the kind of larger themes in um, Byung-Chul Han's The Disappearance of Ritual is a, a ritual is like, it's a prescribed set of actions that leaves no room for you, like the, you know, you, Derek, or me, Nate. It's- Law? <laughs> it's like a, you know, it, it's a it's a play or something. I mean, it's, and in its total, like, dissolution or, you know, um, disregard for any kind of individual self, it allows for, you know, a, either, uh, a shared set of community values to be reinforced or even just reaffirming how constructed, um, the ego and, I don't know how silly the grind set is. Um. Grind set is a tool of the devil.
Yeah. It, 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 it robs me of my divine rest. Yeah. Therefore, it takes me further away from God. Yeah. This yeah. Is, this, this, is I, how we, this is how we change the world like that. Somewhere I I see and immediately forget everything on the internet. So I know I saw it, um, but I couldn't tell you where. But um, Walter Benjamin takes Max Weber's Protestant work ethic uh, thing further. And just as a as a primer, Max Weber, Weber is uh, like Weber. a soci- sociologist, I think, maybe. Um, who identified essentially why Protestants are so fucking insane um, as this kind of work ethic that I don't know exactly where it starts. Um, well, it was adopted by capitalism as a whole, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Wholesale. It's the Dutch and English freaks. It's the Puritans and uh, the Protestant Dutch who, you know, really get the shit moving. Hey, idle hands, um, there's the devil's play. Th- exactly. Uh, yeah. um, and so maybe if there is any hope for uh, for rest and divine laziness is to be found in Southern Europe, the last uh, bastion of, of divine laziness. Um, the siesta is sacred. Um, no, but uh, Benjamin takes Weber further and it says essentially like, it's not that there is nothing sacred in capitalism. It's that it's literally a death cult and everything, there are no days off. It's all cult activity. Um, and you owe like complete, uh, service, you know, um, to your, uh, to your God, God money. Um, as uh, Trent Reznor would say. When I was when I was a kid, my dad used to tell me. Uh, he used to say, "You just gotta work hard now, right? This is this is like insane. You just gotta work hard now, right? Work hard now, so then when you're older, like you can do what you really want to do." And I'm like, "Is that before, or after I retire? When I'm like 80, you know what I mean?" And I'm like, "Yeah." This is back when maybe he there was a, still a, a fantasy there because it could be a social safety net still, like yeah. like a social security or something, pension for people. Um, and I just remember thinking how confusing this advice was i'm like so i just got to give away my youth best years of your life so then when i'm like old and fucked up i can like have like bad go on a cruise (laughs) yeah it was just very like it's it's the kind of it and like and then i would would hear it's echoed around in society as well in school and culture and i think like damn like i just want to live fast and die when i'm like 27 or something like that i'm joining the 27 club and just be be a, a posthumous genius is that possible like what the fuck but you know, I'm not 27 anymore. So here I am. You made it. Yeah. Still it, stacking that bread. Still, you know, perpetually on the stack. And, you know, the higher my stack goes, higher inflation rises too. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. Those are good rituals, though. I feel like those are very sound. Your sound rituals. Yeah. Yeah. I pretty much had to cut drinking just because of uh, health reasons. Um, but I don't know if drinking was a That might be more of like the ritual death drive ritual. So much. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, still have some death drive rituals. Of course. Um, deli candy. Who, who doesn't and, have a death drive ritual? You know, I was secretly like really excited that my deli has uh, Lucy Gushers. So oh, I don't yeah, have yeah, to. Yeah. I don't have to go to the grocery store and no. like buy a package and feel like a child. I yeah. can just get like loose. get a couple 
I had a fruit by the foot last night. Hell yeah. I haven't had one of those in Hell yeah. 10 years. Yeah. You know, Trolley just came out with watermelon. Sour gummy worms are kind of like the Haribos, but they taste more like classic watermelon Jolly Rancher as okay. a sour gummy worm. I think this I'm is pumped. an important new direction for pneumatic materials is to become a, a candy evaluation. My, my um, dream has always podcast. been to make, just like be like, like a candy, like a... Consultant. candy youtube reviewer yeah i'm like just direct direct because like sometimes you look at what these companies are doing you're like okay i'm at a 7-eleven in the country somewhere why are there 35 different reese's products here mm-hmm. reese product like what 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 is what's going on here guys what is what is willy wonka even thinking with these shit he's coming up with lately it's like i don't know it's disgusting yeah whatever ha- and then don't even get me started on shrinkflation okay all the candy's getting smaller oh yeah hate it yeah hate all it. the time your snickers bar they took the dick vein and it's getting smaller too. You know, <laughs> I'm not into it. So I think it's, but it's an interesting concept though. Seriously, uh, the death drive rituals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there any way you can kind of have one of those that isn't also <laughs> killing you? Does it have to be very dangerous to you? I mean, even like working out too much becomes a yeah. death drive ritual, right? It's, yeah. it's, it has to be in moderation. That I mean. thirst for annihilation. Too yeah. real. How do we uh, integrate the accursed share? Mm. No, I saw this uh, this this really cool project um, called the Mythical Institution, uh, started by this uh, curator Jan Berger. I I hope I'm I'm getting his name right. Jan, if you're listening, or John, Jan, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but I I was digging into it. It's this project, all in Minecraft, where they've created a kind of space for mythopoesis, for like myth-making in Minecraft. And there are these kind of three tribes um, that have been set apart um, and, and each has a different outlook um, and way of relating to the environment. Um, one that favors hierarchy, tradition, the wisdom of the elders um, engages in a in a human sacrifice, but it's in Minecraft, you know. So it's uh, you get to you get you to flex NPCs that. NPCs or they are people. I think you sacrifice yourself, but you yeah. get respawn. I would sacrifice myself virtually. Yeah, I'd check it out. Yeah, virtual self sacrifice seems like maybe that's a you know you can have your cake. And Imagining like Indiana the Temple of Doom, like my heart's getting taken out of my chest mm. as I get lowered into a, a molten magma pit while people are chanting. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I would. Mean, for yeah, the, I would do that for the experience. Graphics, yeah, I mean, right. Yeah, that's got to be up next after the Jesus Christ VR sim, which I think exists. I yeah. think it. Somebody has finally made it. What's it like? Um, is it, on, is it is it the the cross or on the cross here? Yeah, about? well, I would hope you get to do the whole, you know, you get to do the whole passion. I mean, you should get to drag the, you know, if you just you start up on the cross. I mean, that's kind of you know, Dude, that's I'm, I'm gonna, you got to build to that. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to the guys at VR World and Thirty Fourth Street and see if they'll carry this in, in oh, so we can yeah. watch people. We can watch people virtually drag the cross. Well, I think the <laughs> problem is is that it's probably shitty. Because it's like it done is. by some, you know, right wing, whatever. Did you ever do like, the 9-11 geez. experience? Insane. Whoa, what? Insane. Are you on the plane this or like, in the building? You're in the building, dude. Holy shit. I did it and I was like, oh my, what am I doing with my life? This is uh, <laughs> Is it at the museum? 
No, no. Oh no. God. It was it got a lot of notoriety when it when it came out. It was very controversial. Um Yeah. <laughs> Someone should redo that, but like with all the new info we have today, it'd be very interesting. Mm. You know, get some options here. Um We're gonna leave that info for our viewers to uh <laughs> <laughs> look into but i i recommend mark Wahlberg yeah. on the plane but, yeah we're turning this around you know yeah you do that, that would be good the mark Wahlberg sim where because he was just like yeah, he said he would, uh, like it wouldn't have gone down like that it's like it's like you're, okay sure sure mark <laughs> yeah yeah um no i mean if if anyone is interested in that whole stuff i mean i think true anon's uh series did a good enough job the last one was pretty good, and the last year's was the recent anniversary of mm, 11 was pretty mm, good. Mm, yes, yes. Now we can just uh, we can review other podcasts on our podcast. Oh, That's a good uh, a pod that reviews pods <laughs> while we rest. Yes, yeah, yeah. A little laziness. So if you're sitting there thinking, "God, these guys are fucking," they're just fucking bullshitting this episode. This is our divine laziness. We are exercising. Um, our divine right. Dude, my bullshit is some people's best goddamn effort. So there you go. That's eat it. <laughs> you don't like it. We are creating the space for uh the real ideas to come to us. Yeah. Um in real time. Yeah, you, you guys should do more of this, right? Just more of this thing. What's your sleep ritual? <sighs> it's so bad. I like my um I finally I, I think I have the nighttime thing enabled on my laptop that cuts the blue light. I don't think I have that on my phone. So I'm getting blue light you straight can, into my it's, eyes. It's native to, you can. Oh, I'm sure I just have to flip it on. Yeah, I, ju I just haven't yet. I oh, should. Like my friend. Yeah, because I, I, I find myself too many times at like 1230 flipping through TikToks. Please, just, please put the filter on. I know. Just do it's so bad. Yourself. Because I, I try to, like, get myself to go over to my audiobook. I like to fall asleep with an audiobook going or, mm. or something like that. Mm. Um, or White Noise or Clifford or the Bitter Bed Dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dr. Seuss. Dr. Seuss. Um, Dr. Seuss, the canceled books. Yeah, all the um, classics. All, all <laughs> yeah. The, uh, yeah, yeah. The canceled. Yeah, exactly. The uh, Canceled children's books. <laughs> Non PC children's books. Makes you feel good. Yeah, no, my my sleep hygiene is uh is not so great these days. Mm. Um, it's something I got a lot of revenge bedtime. Yeah, yeah, a lot of revenge bedtime going yeah. uh going on. Yeah, um, I am uh resentful uh of my <laughs> some of my employers. Uh, some are some are better than others. Um, but yeah, I don't know, trying to, trying to keep it together and it's really fucked up reading some shit like, uh, Byung Chul Han's book and having it hit so hard about the lack, um, of spaces for reflection and contemplation, um, and then not being able to do anything about, um, your own situation and then maybe even feeling guilty about stressing out about the job you have to do. The, re the revenge bed, I mean, we're kind of getting off topic, but the revenge bedtime thing is such a vicious cycle too. 
because you're only setting yourself up to have a shittier day <laughs> tomorrow. Okay, well, tomorrow, I'll wake up early anyways. I'll be tired, yeah. but I'll definitely go to bed very early tomorrow night. Tomorrow. I'm so tired. Yeah, exactly. You just, you just find that second wind when you're like, oh, I'm fucking done. And yeah, I only yeah. slept for three hours it's last 10 night. It's 10 p.m. Let's fucking go. Yeah. 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 And then, yeah, you're really relying more, more and more on caffeine and other stuff to get it. Yeah, no, it's – um. Yeah, we're turning into a Jordan Peterson. Go to bed, turn, get your blue blocker uh, shades on. I, I think if you want to be a fucking mutant, you want to look at, you want to eat blue light for dinner and and uh, fucking not sleep. Go for it. We we live we live in this world where it's like, it's too late. You know, there is no going back. Yeah. Like if you can you can exercise some semblance of control of your life, then I'm proud of you. I'm happy for you. You know, maybe. You've got the work thing figured out, and you work some monotonous job, but like you have the you have the beauty of your your, your rest and you're doing these other things. Or I don't know. I mean, I try. It's consistent when I can. I I find what's helpful. I was told this is a form of prayer recently. I don't know if I agree, but I've been setting intentions before I go to sleep. Just thinking, okay. like not about what I'm going to do tomorrow, but I reach into myself and ask or think about what I want for my rest. Perhaps there is an issue I need to solve, an emotional one. Perhaps there, I just want to wake up with like feeling rested and confident to solve the unknowns that I know are unknown at that moment in time. And I have found the more that I do this, the more I have dreams that I don't expect, that I could never ever imagine the symbolism of them, imagine any of it on my own if I didn't experience them that bring me what I ask for, that bring me these senses of comfort. And I wake up and I'll have this, I try to write sometimes right when I wake up because it's just so it's fresh. These lasting images in my head that bring me like extreme comfort or a mental image that I reach back to during the day that I find is like stabilizing. Like, this is very new for me. I don't know. I was always very skeptical of stuff like that, but uh, maybe it's just a form of programming and I'm just finally on board with it. I mean, I've been practicing meditating for years and I've gotten to a place where in the morning I can slide right into it because I'm still tired. Not a lot's going on. In the evening, if I try, there'll be more thoughts, but I've learned to just kind of observe, like watch them pass and not jump onto them and make a conclusion. And I've learned that that's also meditating too. So the more I have tried to create spaces in my life, because I guess for me, meditating is to kind of prime myself to, for this time we're talking about eventually, to let myself know that, yes, there are these times you've, you've cordoned, you've blocked off in your life that are for nothing other than existence, just to be. So in time, I can call on these moments and I can do other things with them. I can. So the more I create these states, I'm finding now, like if I want to access them in the middle of the day, as long as I can get some privacy, I can do it. And it's taken me a long, a long, a long time, a long time. Yeah, finding that calm in the midst of the storm. Um, yeah, so, if you so set yourself song. up um, to to you know you you had enough sleep and you're you know you don't have any other extenuating circumstances, you can call on uh, call on those moments of peace and kind of bring them bring them into. I mean, if I don't have enough sleep, it's harder. You can't. You want you to meditate in the middle of the day. You'll often fall asleep for four hours. Like if I don't have enough, or if you're stimulated, you're on caffeine or something like that. I find I can't control. It gets in the way. It controls my 
neurotic thinking or cyclical thinking, um, you know. So, I mean, in the last few years, I've definitely tried to move. I mean, I mean I, my caffeine levels were through the goddamn roof. Mm. Mm-hmm. Really, though. And, I've, and I have resensitized myself to it. And I'm, I'm, I aim to keep it that way. Um, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. It, you, you mentioned something um, from your, you know, your time meditating. You've kind of gotten better at noticing the thoughts, letting them pass, not holding on to them. Which is, I think in its kind of purest or original form, that's what mindfulness ought to be. It's just a part of meditation practice. Yeah, to let myself know I don't have to productively or constructively address these things. Yeah. I don't have to jump on it because it. it feels urgent. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, that, that, is, that is what my mind tends to think is urgent. Like yeah. I, in those moments, I try to see my mind as a just an instrument that's not Sorry if this is too woo for everybody, but like that is not me. It's another organ, and I have to con- I have to consider myself beyond that construct, so I can then look back at it and say, "Oh, these are the automatic things my mind does to survive. Mm-hmm. This is what it does to cope. This is it under the current molded by the current system that we all live in, and it's just trying to figure shit out all the time. And once I keep that in mind, and I don't let that be the thing that defines me, and, and look. I said this to myself for years. It's only very recently that I, I think in a deep level, I believe it. Because you can say that, you can say that as much as you want. Oh, my mind doesn't define me, but I had to imagine the construct. I literally have to imagine myself as a separate entity from my body to affect that. I have to, you have to, I have to at least. And then there's times where I plug back in and I listen to every part of my body to kind of see what's going on. Um, I'd like to do it more, but I, this, thing is not very popular in the industry that I'm in. Everybody's on all the time and everybody makes mistakes because they're not sleeping and they're nervous and they're anxious and and Yeah, the if you lose your job, you don't you don't pay rent, right? So that, that's there's always like the, the carrot of survival being dangled and you're on the treadmill and you're just like you know, fuck the carrot, you know? It's a whole No, definitely in my my runs, I mean, that's the time when I can kind of notice the thoughts and let them pass. Um, it is interesting to me, though, you know, what is it about mindfulness that lends itself uh, so easily to incorporation within the regime of, of mental well-being that is you know, what you, in, what you encounter when you do, you know, there are plenty of mindfulness apps. I'm sure mindfulness is advocated by the Surgeon General or, or whatever government authority. It's not, uh, we're not aiming for happiness anymore. It's, uh, well, just. We're, aim, we're aiming to optimize just, awareness. Just be mindful right. of uh, right. of how shitty your situation it's, 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 is. It's neoliberal optimization. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, all spirituality is stripped out of that, you know. And I think spirituality or it can be anything involving looking at the self in, in ways that I discussed. So if we're trying to optimize rest, because that's what that is, then we are moving away from the divine sense of rest that was captured in the quote that you laid out at the beginning of the episode. So. I have friends who work in companies who do all sorts of bullshit mindfulness activities. Um, 
corporate in this corporate setting. It's, I mean, psychotic. it gets really fun. like it I know, I know really someone who works somewhere where everything has like military jargon, even though it's not. It's like we're in the war room to make meetings, and they they all go to like Barry's boot camp in the morning. It's it's insane. Like, do not research Barry's boot camp. Fucking hell! Don't do it. Don't. Oh, dark place. But it's it's um with, with the corporate stuff. Being mindful. You know, I have a friend, she's pretty deep into occult aesthetics and, you know, it's like a musician. Are they just aesthetics for her? She practicing? Yeah, but she's, no, they're not just aesthetics. She's, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I had to ballpark what she's into. It's some sort of like thelemic, Mm. which, which really does seem to be like the DIY uh, a la carte alternate spirituality of the, of, of the day. But, um, so at her, at her job, she got the team. Now these are all, I would assume very liberal, liberal conservative types. And she's like in the the quote leadership, uh, unit there to have a meeting where they all took like their project lists, which is like what they do for every project they're on, like from the year. And they like, they like set intentions and burned them. Right, everyone and they they all thought it was like fun, and they I'm sure they got wasted after or whatever. And uh, and yeah, anyways, fast forward uh, six months, they fucking fired her ass, uh, <laughs> and and they kept the ritual though. And it's, yeah, it's, it works, and it's New York. They didn't have a reason. It's just at will employment. I think they just found someone to do it for cheaper or something like that. And I think she feels pretty gutted by having brought them into something she considers intimate. That works for her. I mean, God, I mean, dude, I have taken possessions. I've made a big fucking pile and I've burned them too. Just, I, I, I was like, let me try this out. And it, it is, it is very interesting if you have emotion side of them. If I have the stress of my job, I don't think that's how I want to deal with it. I think if I want to deal with a very stressful job, an unfair work situation, I'm being overworked, underpaid, whatever it is, I'm not going to hang out the team and burn shit. I'm going to advocate for myself. And if that means unionizing, if that means talking, discussing wages with everybody. I, mean, I I have been in positions where I discuss wages and I was told if I ever did that again, I'd be fucking fired, even though it's illegal. Right? Mm-hmm. And I did anyways. That would be the thing. And I think, going back to what we've covered earlier in this series, knowing what to do when, what solution to reach for. Burning the project list, getting together with, with the management that you work with and 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 you know, the PMC or whatever, and, and it might be cathartic for y'all, but I'm sure there are people who work underneath you or with you and even yourself. Like, what is that really doing for you? It's, I feel like it's bringing you closer to the team and then like closer to the Kool-Aid and making you more likely to, to eat shit mm. instead of it's like, Hey, you know what? Let's get, let's not do that in the office. And instead let's fucking advocate for ourselves. Let's unionize. Let's, 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 let's start something. No, oh, I think it, it ties into to the sense, the ways in which religion has been a kind of ameliorative force that makes or that justifies the suffering um, people have experienced. When you reach for the spiritual solution to a problem of collective bargaining and demanding your rights in the labor marketplace 
that's when the substitution of spirituality for, you know, organizing. A real material change in your life? Exactly. I, religion has played that role historically, you know, time and again. You can have these systems that have value that offer spiritual perspectives or even philosophical or cosmological perspectives being used to justify the status quo and to give people hope for a better life beyond this one. And when you see them, I understand why people have such distaste for organized religion when they have been organized religions, that is, have been so nakedly instrumentalized by the ruling class, the status quo, etc. And corporate mindfulness is, you know, it's just the latest manifestation of that. I, I'm trying to think if I would rather do some witchy stuff with my team or like have a beer tap in the break room. It's like, it's, it's how you relate to people. Like who are the real ones, right? Who is commiserating with you on the level you are? Because in all these situations, that's what it really comes down to. I mean, for me, the past, when I've been in-house at certain places like that, it's like, you know, you, 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 you go to the Commodore and you, you get, get shit-housed every Friday and you watch uh, Point Break for the millionth time on mute because that's what they always show there. And, uh, and you, yeah, and it's fun and you bond, but, like, it's just making us reset, essentially. And it's because what we got through was, like, insane. And now I'm, I am years out from that job, many years out, and I'm unpacking it because when you're working all the time and then like you drink or you live hard on the weekend or you have a, your partner or you're fucking, I don't know, you're, what, you're trying to cram in culture. You're, I mean, back then I was like really optimizing my body, really like working out a lot. And I think that's how I was blowing off steam. And then I was subverting. You're my, bringing out the real you. I was subverting my body. Sorry, Foucault, right back into the fucking job. Right. And I was be being better at it. And, and my mind was was very sharp. I let all that shit take a dive and I, and I, I enjoyed it. I did. And I think there was this perverse pleasure I used to experience in overworking in which uh, I just got through a thing. And like my, my, my previous realms of employment, I would do overnights all the time. I'd be up all day. I'd sleep all fucking night. And, and I'd work again maybe the next day. Maybe twice in a week. I remember on Saturday, like, you know, getting up and being brain, absolutely brain. And my girlfriend at the time, like, want to have brunch, like, do whatever, you know, normal people fucking do when they think they plan ahead and have a life. And I would just kind of, like, tag along, like, almost like watching myself from a third-person perspective. And I remember, like, sitting down and just, like, needing the food. But, like, when I would reach for a thought, when I, when I try to stimulate my prefrontal cortex, it'd be like the TV would just be playing static. And it felt good. It did. It felt good because like you're talking about with running, I, I had exhausted myself to such a degree that I just physically wasn't capable of worrying about anything. That's why I, I'm realizing like, yeah, maybe you have to learn about controlling these things, you know, instead of just working myself to death. But I think most people don't. And I think a lot of the public schools here create good laborers, good at taking direction. I, I mean, again, I think I've said this before, but we prioritize teaching obedience over justice power imbalances with authority figures at a very early age 
And I think it's very hard for people to shed that. It, it, it is hard to branch out on your own and do something here. And those that do, like there are not a lot of resources. There aren't. There's like a, there's a, a threshold you have to cross to survive and it's very hard to get there. I mean, especially in this fucking city in the state that we're in, you have the most taxes, the most insurances and all these things to even handle out here. So it's, uh, you, you start to look at your rest time, your divine rest, and you're like, no, nah, I'm going to sacrifice that this week because I have to get ahead. It's the only way people like me who don't have like those infinite resources, they, they must, they must do it. I have to know. I even have to be familiar with what this expert is familiar with. So I know, so I can help, I can make the right decision here. So it, it's, um, it's all, it's all very. New York is not exactly the most conducive uh, place to cultivating divine laziness. <laughs> it's maybe one of the worst places <laughs> for that. That's so true. Why do all the Southern Euros want to come here so bad? But it is our marketing is fucking on fire. It's man. antithetical to their can, way of life. But we, oh. but the marketing here, we export. Like we make the grind seem like a goddamn fetish. Everybody wants. It's all about the hustle. Look, I, I, all I, all I can say the project I'm working on right now is I find the cultural stereotypes coming from some of these people are all from popular media. And although they're not untrue, what they're saying about New York, it's like makes my heart sink into my, into the floor when I'm hearing them talk about like the grind and the hustle and the aesthetics that we have here and what it is to be quote, like Brooklyn and this stuff. And, um, and to be New York, to be American. It's so odd because I find what they use to separate this country from their own is all just aesthetic. And in reality, they, we all function very similarly. You know, we're all, you know, may, maybe in these other places you talk about where they have a siesta, mm -hmm. which I love. I love when I'm working with people from those countries because they really do just fuck off for hours of the day. Oh. And they're like, oh, by the way, we're closed in the summer. Beautiful. So I'm like, the whole, the whole thing. What? Like, I haven't had a summer vacation since I was in middle school. What are you talking about? And they're like, um, just try to order it before the summer. Just try to get it done. And I'm like, this is summer is not good. I'm like, do you have like other people who like, they're like, well, we could, but like, that's a premium. And like, we don't really want to, you know, we also like care about them. We don't want to do that to them. Maybe you should work with another country. And they're like, well, they're happy to let the money go. And I'm like, wow, I just, I respect, I res I, God damn it. I respect you, you know? No, that, I mean, I spent, uh, for our listeners who may not know, I spent uh, a couple years in, in Italy and there's no work there <laughs> and they do not want any more Italian citizens. Um, so good luck. You got to marry in pretty much, but the culture of cultivated laziness, it's, it's incredible. The phrase the customer is always right. Get the fuck out of here with that. It's um, so cool. It's it's great. You know, you go to the post office and OK, it, yeah, people don't give a shit about working at the post office. They're not happy to be helping you at the post office. But would you <laughs> want to, you know, help people? Would you enjoy your job if you were working at the post office? You're like your your drastically underfunded government logistics job, where you have like no fucking money, and your people are angry at you for your packages. Yeah, they're uh, and you know, not not to generalize too much, but their priorities are um, 
slightly uh, slightly ahead of ours over here. I mean, you know, the the parochialism, the kind of nepotism, staying in your hometown your whole life. I mean, there are problems. Uh, right. that, I, know, to an extent, too, that's, a, but, that's a thing in America, but it's not yeah. as... But, I mean, there's definitely something uh, we could all learn uh, from the from the siesta siesta uh, bound cultures of the European South. Well, you know, if, if anyone from the History Channel is listening to this, they want to make another like shitty documentary or something, or like we can make a good one. Yeah, we'll just have we'll, us. We'll do market. Re- we'll do our research. We'll fire on the world to to find the the our divine laziness. We're trying. We're going to learn about making that space. We have to start with Italy. We have to experience. We have to experience what that's like. So we're gonna get we're gonna get jobs at the post office in Italy. Yep, two hour lunches. Mm-hmm. We have uh, two two and a half glasses of wine. Two to four thirty. Not much is getting done. Let's be honest. Yeah. But we're opening in tomorrow. <laughs> another day, another chance for you to mail that letter. We'll we'll do a year in Italy, and uh, we'll just we'll continue to travel around and experience because I've I've done the American work thing. There ain't, there ain't nothing about this this work life I don't know. So, uh, yeah. Divine laziness. Divine laziness. Uh, I think uh, that's that's the takeaway today, for sure. Um, we're just about to hit an hour. Um, and Be lazy. In, in the spirit of divine laziness, I am ending this recording <laughs> right now. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you. And subscribe to the damn Patreon. <laughs> go to go to go to bed sometime. <laughs> yeah. Catch up on the sleep when you need it. Yeah. Don't yeah, you don't have to have a seriously. bedtime. Jordan Peterson sucks. So. Yeah. But clean your but room. Clean your room. Probably. probably You'll feel. Better. You'll feel. Better. For listening to pneumatic materials.